Welcome to the Sequoia Cast, a podcast not about trees, but Disney parks, theme design, and everything in between. My name is Neil. And I am Lars. And today we talk about role playing and theme parks as theater. Ah, nice. Well, welcome back, Lars. After. Uh, sometime. <laughs> sometime. <laughs> a week or two. Sitting inside all day, I have lost track of time. I don't know if the sun still moves. Does the sun still come up? I don't know. We're back together, apart from each other. Uh, <laughs> because the... Back together. Uh, uh, confusion. <laughs> I, I'm not over there. This is, is a computer. I'm not... I'm not actually there. Ah, this is how technology works. Technology. Mm, technology. Yeah, then the, but, uh, the corona cases in Belgium are going through the roof again. So we are... Uh, through, through the roof. We're sitting uh, like... 30 miles from each other right now or something. <laughs> I don't know how miles work. I don't even know how <laughs> kilometers work, so I don't know. But uh, Corona, not a good time to be into roleplay. No. Uh, Ooh, roleplay. Maybe we should talk about roleplay. <laughs> Today's episode is about roleplay and theme parks theater. Two very closely linked subjects. But I hear you ask. Well, well I don't, but... <laughs> Let's just entertain the fact that I, that I hear you ask, what is roleplay? It's not that kind of roleplay, ah, you filthy, it. filthy person. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to ah. the people I can hear ask. Uh, not that kind of roleplay, we are talking about um, the guests inhabiting a role and actively uh, adding to the story of the park and the attractions. But where, why, why this subject? Well, we do play. I, I'd say a lot, but that's not true. I play a lot of role-playing games. I play sometimes. You play sometimes. I drank <coughs> kicking and screaming. <laughs> but I still haven't explained what a role-playing <laughs> game actually is. It's a game where people sit around the table and pretend to be someone else. Just like normal life just like normal life it's like playing pretend but with dice and actual rules but in a theme park you uh, don't use those dice you you don't carry around <laughs> that would be strange if you carry around dice but the uh concept we would like to to discuss and think about today if what if a guests inhibits a more active role in the theme park because most of the time, the guest already has a role in theme parks and attractions. Most of, uh, of the time, it's the observer of someone going to an attraction and seeing what's happening. Sometimes it's a bit more of an active role, like uh, Flight of Passage, where you're an actual person linking up to an avatar. Mm -hmm. Then you're a bit more integrated into the story. But we would like to talk about what it would be like if the guest inhabited a more active role and could interact with elements of the story in a more active way. So and what if uh, not only the people that work at the Disney park are cast members, be but everybody becomes a cast member. Everybody is yeah. part of the same themed environment and the same storyline. Yeah, yeah. And the, the theme park as theater bit is, is I think, a... a side effect of that but because because the the 
person is taking a more active role, the guest is taking a more active role, the cast member itself has to take a more active and integrated role into the storyline. You can't just be a shop clerk or someone who sells hot dogs. You need to be part of the story. You need to leave the theme park behind and step into another world. Your uh, char uh, char char Charizard? No. Star Wars character uh, <laughs> serving those drinks and not a bartender serving those drinks. Indeed, indeed. And you're not a theme park guest receiving those drinks. You are a Star Wars character, a droid, uh, whatever you like. Yeah, yeah some a visitor from off planet. Yes. Or from on planet. Or from yeah, yeah, you can be whatever <laughs> you want. That's that's the that's ah. the point. <laughs> it's the right spirit. But so as I said, we we play a lot of role playing games, and I think uh, a lot of lot more people are entertaining the idea of uh, playing a more active role, role playing in a theme park, because role playing games are having a, a big resurgence. Back in the day, it used to be people in basements playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now, we're at the ground floor again. <laughs> <laughs> we're allowed yeah. in the uh, living room <laughs> again. Uh, we can stand sunlight. We don't <laughs> burn up anymore. But uh, uh, live streams like Critical Role and uh, how how D&D is doing its marketing is bringing it more to the forefront. It's cool. I'm making... <laughs> What's the thing called? Uh, uh, mark. Uh, um, quotation marks. Yes. I'm making quotation marks in the air. It's cool. It's not really cool, but. And maybe with, with the, the with the, the onward movie, uh, even more. Yeah, onward too. Smaller and children. Stranger role. Things. Yes, Stranger Things, of course. Not that anybody saw onward because of the pandemic, but <sighs> let's ignore that. Uh, yeah. Great movie, by the way. Absolutely. Very uh, good storyline, mm. emotional movie. The, the 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 visual style is not as much Pixar, Pixar as the other movies, but no, I think it's very Pixar. The mm. I I see the elves and I <laughs> immediately <laughs> know elves. that that's a Pixar a Pixar design. The way the faces are constructed, the way what things are caricaturized in the, in the initial yeah. trailer some of the elements like um like the unicorns being like rats felt a lot like a dreamworks movie or a not disney movie but then when you're watching it it's it's definitely pixar it's high quality very enjoyable they they went into the mist with their marketing <laughs> because yeah. you had to tell me this movie was about role-playing games i didn't know it was about role-playing games <laughs> as i said Role-playing games are getting more and more popular. If they marketed it as a movie about role-playing games, it would have been much more popular. But now it just seemed like one of those uh, generic modern-time fantasy movies like Bright, which was <laughs> an awful movie. <laughs> but what makes you want to role-play outside of these games in your basement or living room um what makes you want to take the step further and do that with other people because um stereotypically stereotypically um these games are for um uh recluses <laughs> for people that are 
aren't uh, as social that's stereotypically um yeah what what do you think there is a place for 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 these kind of games in a in a much wider context where where a lot of people everybody can do this is everybody able to do this uh does everybody want to do this there is there is a platform to do this with many more people which mm -hmm. there are already platforms not a theme park but there are some mm -hmm. but i don't it's not for everyone that's a big problem and i uh, we're going to go through some uh theme parks and things that are to integrate this role playing mm -hmm. and through those i think we can sketch a good image on why or why not this works and how what's possible and it what can not. be integrated because it's 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 not like any other element you integrate in your park to stimulate immersion mm -hmm. it's not like a soundtrack you put on or some visuals it's very very active mm -hmm. yeah yeah you you demand something um, indeed more than listening of or viewing it's not yeah okay give me give me one of those examples so in a non theme park uh non theme park environment there are already places that do this like uh i said dnd &D and all its offspring are role playing games you play at a table with dice and it's more of a game still mm -hmm. But then some people have the bright idea of stepping away from the table, uh, donning your appropriate clothes and start twacking each other with big foam swords, <laughs> mm -hmm. which they call uh, live action role playing LARP. And if done well, it's more closer to a theme park because there are these really big LARPing events where they build entire villages and it's hundreds upon hundreds of people twacking each other with foam swords but also I'm very expensive extremely expensive because yeah. you need to dress appropriately you, mm -hmm. if you want to wear armor you actually have to have on <laughs> which when you're sitting around the <laughs> table that's not a problem unless you're playing with us <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe let's uh, quickly touch on that on uh, uh we we do s we don't just sit on a table and and imagine we're oh no. um we're also not LARPing uh, on a big scale, but uh, we like to um, get in character a bit. Um, we, yeah. we play, we play uh, uh, um, a, a, uh, our, our game is called the Sequoia Gang, which uh, is also our wow. Twitter handle. Um, so it, it's set in, in this, uh, yeah, the Sequoia National Forest and, and surrounding areas. And when we play, we are surrounded by quite some little uh, trees that I imported into my living room to play and we are dressed up as a as cowboys as cowboys yes and there are actual firearms hidden around this apartment <laughs> we were playing and I I knew he had bought toy guns for emergency sake. so there were toy guns littered around the table and on this big giant map of, of 1870s California and they were uh, arguing with each other <laughs> about i don't know uh your character was inhabited by the ghost of of lord ravenswood because of course big thunder mesa is a thing in that world and they wanted to shoot him with the gun and his girlfriend just magically appeared in a <laughs> gun out of thin air they had hidden under the table that's how it should be right i <laughs> i wish all my games were <laughs> but yeah 
I don't have a lot in all of my games. So, but you you have this this uh, very um, uh, sitting uh, this thing of sitting around the table. Then you have this larping that's very expensive. What's the step after that? Well, well, yeah, well. Yeah. LARP still has the DNA of a tabletop role-playing game. So there are referees, because in a role-playing game, most, some of, of them are without a referee, but there's always a game master, as we call him, that uh, adjudicates the rules and uh, plays the world that isn't the main characters, which is most of the times a necessity. Because, yeah, well, it's it's you need something to interact against. Mm-hmm. LARPing still has referees running around seeing that the rules are adjudicated and there's still rules for when I twack someone with a sword, I do that much damage. Mine is that much because he's wearing that kind of armor, yada, yada, yada. It's still very much a game you play. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't call it a straight evolution of the LARPing. It's more of a separate thing, but I think it's very related. It has uh, many people that like LARP like that as well and i'm talking about renaissance fairs which mm-hmm. isn't a thing here well maybe it's a thing in europe but not in our area of europe mm, uh, definitely not uh, not um wonders that's year round there might be some like two days a year or, or yeah 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 but uh, they, they aren't year round but they're like a season like mm-hmm. in summer they they run but the renaissance fair is a a, a fair a, a market fair thing in a renaissance theme but once you enter the fair you enter a a medieval renaissance world and everyone that works there is a character most people who go are are in costume so it's a very immersive world everything is renaissance except the odd smartphone a guest brings probably (laughs) or the sidelines outside outside of the the park or renaissance fair yeah that too but um that's that leans a lot more closer to a theme park Mm -hmm. because there aren't aren't rules and you aren't playing a a game it's not some you don't go tracking people with with foam swords yeah but you don't have attractions so it's more like um yeah very big smeared out theater it's like sets everywhere and and actors and yeah um it's more for for hanging around and and in a renaissance world than actually experiencing attractions yeah and to buy swords (laughs) because where else would you buy swords i guess comic con comic yeah a lot of swords there too (laughs) Isn't the Comic-Con just a very commercialized, uh, poorly themed Renaissance fair? <laughs> more sweat. Uh, and more, <laughs> more sweat. There's probably a, a lot of sweat at the Renaissance fair, too. But a Renaissance sweat. It's themed. It <laughs> themed like, sweat is like, always better. smells like the plague and dysentery. <laughs> just like normal world right now. Yeah. And when you enter a Renaissance fair, you have like a one in three chance to actually get infected with the Black Plague. <laughs> <laughs> ah, at the good ones. The Russian ones roulette with the plague. Real serious. <laughs> and then at the end you die. <laughs> Th- that life in the Renaissance, man. <laughs> but from these Renaissance fairs, these role-playing games, people have actually applied these in 
theme parks. So I'd like to go over a few examples and uh, discuss with you. Please Lars, do. Yes. Because there's nobody else here. <laughs> about what you think about it. Mm-hmm. And how that could be integrated in existing theme parks or theme parks yet to come. So without further ado, let's go to example number one. Uh, a park called Evermore in the, the Great Americas. <laughs> it's quite a recent park, and it's a park that takes most of its expi- uh, its, its its influence from the tabletop role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, mostly because it's the story of the park is it's a, a quaint medieval town that where portals to other worlds open and you're one of the people who steps through a portal in our world and goes into theirs and along with you a, a lot of other nasty more fantastical things enter from other worlds and it's less about the attractions but uh, interacting with the cast and doing quests and tasks for them and joining up with with organizations and guilds and building a story and building your own character are people that are going to these parks dressed up do you go dressed up or do you go as if you were going to a theme park just like a Ah. disney sweater and uh, (laughs) jeans I think it's a bit the same as a run fair. It, it depends on the p- on the okay. person going. But the videos I saw because I haven't actually been there. Uh, America is is far off. My car doesn't go that far. My car doesn't go over water too, so <laughs> that's a problem. You should try that one, man. <laughs> with, with an amphi car, Capitan <laughs> mm, Zappos. That's a reference for uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Literally nobody. Four people or something. Uh. <coughs> but uh, there are some people walking around in costume mm-hmm. and when I go to their channel it's it's mostly people that either already LARP or roleplay or, or cosplay or do something along those lines and the more theme park focused channels that go there those are mostly dressed in, in normal clothes okay. Okay. but I think the majority of the people goes in, in normal garb do you think that uh, uh, a regular dad and mom with their two like seven and ten year old kids uh, would enjoy going for a day just like they enjoy going to a theme park for a day or a museum f- for a day would they have a good time or is it too specific mm, I, I i don't know man it's 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 really i they do their best to make it really accessible mm-hmm. it's not very complex mm-hmm. let's say the the basis of the system is there are a bunch of of organizations and guilds you can affiliate yourself with and you can do tasks and quests for them and tasks and quests for other cast members wandering around the premises and it's always the same system of you go to someone in the guild of a high enough rank Mm -hmm. cast member who's playing a character of that rank Uh, you ask to join and you always have to do three, three tasks that corresponds with the three main tenants of their guild. Like uh, a bard's guild will have you do things around performing. And there, some of they actually do, there are a bunch of, of 
actual musicians performing in the park. And if you want to join the Bards Guild, you have to MC them. <laughs> so you, really, you have to go up to them and say, I'm going to MC them. You have to announce them to the public. <laughs> you have to tell a few jokes. And then you get your... your Okay, you I want to checked on your paper. You've done that. I want to go. Okay, <laughs> which is really cool. But for a family going with little kids, I don't know. Uh, I I've um, long long time ago uh, in in um, in Belgium and in the Netherlands there was a place called um, het Land van Ooit. So translated would You're be skipping ahead three parks. But okay, okay. <laughs> now we're talking about het Land van Ooit. Go ahead. Uh, Land van Ooit, or translated. Uh, the 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 Everland of Ever yeah somebody like that uh, it's a, it's um it's not a theme park it's not a role play park it's somewhere in between it's, it's like a big theater thing yeah mostly. Th there were sort of attractions uh, I don't think there were roller coasters I was very little but I don't uh, think at one point there were lo roller coasters okay. because many people came to the park and were disappointed they didn't have attractions or they had attraction but no thrill rides so they they at the end of their life cycle because the part doesn't exist anymore no. uh they actually built some roller okay. coasters and more thrill riding like a giant team there yeah okay i i remember one ride i i wasn't able to go on that my uh, my father and my brother went on but um apart from that i think it was very um uh much more based on theater and and things that children could do and i remember like uh we're just a regular family and they really try to involve you into the story and i remember that as being very very special even for a kid like there were two um two uh people uh coming from the castle with a with a letter from the king and they couldn't read so they were gathering people and they were looking for people uh, who were able to read. And, and my, my father was apparently able to read at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. He isn't anymore. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, and my father read out his letter uh, for them, announcing some speech of the king to, to this crowd around them. So um, uh, I, there it, it you were really enabled as a normal uh, normal man to just uh, act out something and, and be somebody else or, or engage in the story so I think it worked there but um, that park was really based on children children were the yeah. the boss and uh, the parents were their uh, yeah slaves is not the right word yeah yeah the, the, the story that that around the park is you've got the land van ooit eh, with the oiters the uh, everers the the <laughs> inhabitants of the park and there are the other landers which are the the visitors and the children are the royalties their lords and their ladies and parents are their servants so when they talk to a kid they will talk like they're some that they like they're a big deal because mm -hmm. in story they are a big deal and they'll treat parents as as their servants which i think is absolutely brilliant <laughs> um a, a, aside from uh, nobody really going to the park uh, yeah. it it, it was I, I i really enjoyed uh, the park and then it it uh, it stayed with me for a while after visiting because I, I bought books from there because th those characters they made up were really inspiring uh, to a young kid and and 
so I think it's really I think maybe that was my very first real experience with acting team park role play kind of thing so I I think that set a a course for me to uh, to uh, walk on for for my entire life so so to get back to to evermore which you were originally talking about yes. uh so you you interact with these guilds which is the the backbone of of the system you you go to guilds uh you interact with them and their main selling point is that you can actually impact the story because it the park it isn't big it's quite quite a young park too mm-hmm. and the same people generally, uh, generally no, not generally, they always portray the same character. What I have seen. So if you go back multiple times, they actually know it is you. And after a while, they, they talk to you by name and they actually know you. And if they see you're a very regular visitor, they will actually go out of their way to write quests specifically for you. Like an example that one of the cast members made in well on the cast one of the characters made in a video, uh, the person filming was hanging around in a tavern, and the the the, the bar maiden was showing off a, a sword on the wall engraved with someone's name, because he was a, a regular visitor who always hung out with the same guild. And they gave him a quest which has to cl- uh, puzzle together clues to find a lost sword that at the end was hidden in the graveyard of the theme park. And he actually had to go dig up the sword from the graveyard. <laughs> and after that, they engraved his name on the sword and hung it on the tavern wall, Aww. which is a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. And Sounds just like a lot that, of work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apart from that, even the more mundane interactions with characters will have an impact on them. And, well, they say on their webpage and in all the videos I watched about it, mm-hmm. that the uh, story will actually evolve and go along. And even lo- even if it doesn't evolve and the quest always stays the same, there's a rotating set of teams. Every season has uh, other portals to other worlds opening, mm-hmm. which changes uh, some of the, the, the bad guys, some of the characters you will... Uh, encounter along the way. It's a really good way to hook some locals on going time and yeah. time again. So sounds like uh, something that's almost impossible in like a Universal or a Disney exactly. park. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah. Um, that's I think a running theme with some of these things. It's 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 a really personal thing. Mm-hmm. So on a smaller scale, like a Renaissance Fair could also do something very similar. There's a lot of people at the Renaissance Fair, mm-hmm. especially the big ones, but it's more manageable than a big multinational park. Of course, you have the, I think that's also on your list, the the yes. very small version Spoilers. of a theme park, a Star Wars Hotel, that is uh, we'll being built in... Uh, in just a moment. <laughs> but... Uh, one thing I wanted to say about Evermore is uh, it's, it's a really cool concept. But, as I wrote in my notes so very poetically, <laughs> very meh. You look at the park and I think 
you see, it isn't built with a lot of budget, I think which I can excuse. Uh-huh. I don't really mind that. But there are some things that are like, guys, <laughs> really. Yeah, I, I, when I looked at the park, like some parts of the park look like they were built by by a uh, like a team design company. Like some parts are really beautiful, and then some parts look like yeah they did it themselves oh, the lighting the lightning at night looks a little fairy bit lights off. everywhere yeah it's, um, but some but parts of the of the of the park look very beautiful like they could almost belong in a disney park some of the the buildings are saw and on some of the buildings are the, the park is is, is uh, even with all the the fairy lights uh it's it looks way 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 better at night because you can see the outside world during the day yeah. and I can see like big administration <laughs> buildings. <laughs> like, uh, but I think uh, the, the park has like some kind of similar problem that uh, Disneyland Paris has. Like it's built by a great, amazing team. So everything that was there in 1992 was just incredible. And then when there's a layover that's done by a, a Paris team, mm, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the case, yeah. yeah. Because when I was watching video, I I, uh, I texted that over to you because one of the buildings had the imprint <laughs> of... No, they, they, they you still saw the... the um, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, the... Mold? Yeah, no, it was. You you still saw some some uh, some building uh, words are difficult. You still saw uh, stuff that uh, you shouldn't see. That wasn't yeah. um, uh, covered yeah, by a brick a wall or or by by a faux wall. Yeah, it was a a, a small like, clock tower thing yeah. with a dead dragon on top, and it was made out of out of concrete, if I remember correctly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And in the concrete, you could see the imprint of of some building material brand. Yeah, um, that was probably like used as a mold or something. But you could still see very clearly see like a modern modern logos of a construction company yeah. in the side of their medieval tower. <laughs> Which is, I I understand that you got to like pour concrete and <laughs> just do a bare concrete tower because budget is probably isn't very big but at least cover up the brand (laughs) but it looked quite new so maybe it was still in construction yeah but there was already a dragon on top of it so they already (laughs) put a dragon on top so maybe don't put something to pull attention (laughs) to uh Uh, but but some parts i think if if um some parts of sour really beautiful i think if, if that's their their standard they're going for that's the amount of detail they're going for this park would really grow to be like uh, every little uh, piece is very beautiful and elaborate. And yeah. Because of course uh, you need people to pay before you uh, can make yeah, something indeed. great. You need money. And one thing that uh, yeah, I, I really didn't like was there's a little train going around. <laughs> yeah, the and train I've got nothing against trains. Yeah. But... It's it's so out of place. <laughs> yeah, and another thing that was um, really out of place was uh, there were two people I think having a sword fight, 
<laughs> dressed as Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody was dressed as a Mario. Uh, no, as Luigi. Uh, Luigi. Yeah, which is um, not as medieval as. as, <laughs> as yeah, but you can't like say <laughs> if someone calls your park is or the close. No, no entering. You break immersion. <laughs> Go undress. But what what was a person thinking? Like, okay, I need to go know, to man. a medieval town today. I'm gonna drink some beer at a medieval bar. What the uh, Luigi? <laughs> That's what I need right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and about like bars and, and stuff. Talking about that, they actually have in uh, in the universe currency system. Ah, if you do quests, you get these. It's gold sprayed pebbles <laughs> but it's something and you can actually if you do a lot of quests you can turn them in for uh i think a free drink or other in the universe uh, stuff for your character which i think is, is really cool and even if it's just spray painted <laughs> pebbles and in contrary to uh to galaxy's edge they might uh, uh keep using the the currency what what a transition i was just <laughs> going to start Aha! talking about star wars galaxy's edge do we even have to explain what galaxy's edge is yeah maybe probably <laughs> so for those who don't know galaxy's edge is one of the newest team the environment <laughs> team the envi that's not team park parts i don't know how to call it the uh new lands words are escaping it's new a land exactly that's the word i uh, was searching for is the new land in uh magic kingdom and disneyland anaheim walt disney world disney hollywood studios and disneyland the most happiest place on earth anaheim. <laughs> exactly what i meant um <laughs> uh and it's based on uh, as you guessed the star wars property which takes you to the planet of Batu, mm -hmm. a never-before-seen no. world in the Star Wars universe, which enables them to make up new stories. Uh, exactly. They went ahead and used all the characters we know, but uh, whatever. Uh, the the new space, the the the, the planet we don't know, um, was their choice to. Uh, to make all of these, uh, make up all of these new stories, and and enable guests to make their own story because they don't know the place. You can indeed, but in the end, the role play factor isn't really um, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when you go and and do some some research, you probably know a lot more about this than me, because on most things about theme parks, <laughs> you know a lot more than me. But um, what they originally wanted to do was more towards a role-playing experience and more of a theater experience. There were going to be uh, droids everywhere interacting with guests. You could uh, choose alliance, uh, which their kind of sort is called still there, but it would have played a, a much more meaningful role whether you uh, allied yourself with First Order or uh, the Resistance. Even they entertained the idea if uh, you went to Smuggler's Run, uh, a simulation attraction where you actually drive the Millennium Falcon, and you did really bad, 
a cast member, bounty hunter, would come after you to, to apprehend you. Because you, you your smuggling run went bad, you got discovered, so the First Order started sending bounty hunters after you. Which, again, I absolutely love. <laughs> um, I think it's still very possible to infuse all of these, uh, maybe not with the, the corona yeah. crisis, um, yeah. but it's still possible to, in the far future, to infuse this, uh, this themed land with um, all of the all of these um, uh, characters and droids and storylines. Um, but one thing I uh, maybe it's enough to have this land. Maybe um, don't you act already different when you enter a, a land like that? It's fully immersive everywhere you look. Yeah. It's Im uh, it's. Everything fits. Everything is right. Everything is Star Wars. Everything is Batu yeah, and Galaxy's indeed. Edge. Because when um, when we, when I walk into our frontier land in Disneyland Paris, for example, and uh, I'm still in frontier land in Disneyland Paris. When I walk into a yeah, shop, yeah, yeah, I yeah. see uh, Nightmare Before Christmas merch, and I see uh, Mickey Mouse lollipops and. Uh, whatever they are selling that's not they they really don't have much of a yeah. frontier merch but when i walk into um pandora the the world of avatar i act different i feel myself being different everywhere exactly. i look yeah. i'm on pandora but i'm never in well in in adventureland there are enough places to feel in adventureland but in in frontierland there are too much spaces that you just I'm yeah, in a indeed. team park. And I think Galaxy's Edge is, uh, is, is one of those Avatar, World of Avatar examples where everywhere you look, it's Star Wars. So you, even if there isn't this uh, aspect of role play or, or, or engaging yeah. in own story, you, you try, you're, you're starting to feel as if, y if you're in the, in the world of Star Wars. But I think that's one of the, the first big challenges of a role-playing experience in a theme park which is at the end of the day i'm not a theme park fan i go to a theme park to be transported into another immersive world mm -hmm. i don't go to a theme park because i love being in a theme park mm -hmm. when it's just like wallaby here in belgium is just a gathering of attractions with a fake team mm -hmm. i i can go there and i can I can Have be entertained fun, yeah. for a day, but it's not something I am obsessed enough with to start a podcast about. Mm -hmm. When I go to a park, I want to be transported to another world. That's why I like Pandora that much. When I'm there, when I'm standing in the queues, when I'm walking through it, I'm in Pandora. I'm not in a theme park. But many people want to be in a theme park. <laughs> True. which was the big problem with Galaxy's Edge because even when a lot of those um, details were omitted there still were a bunch like mm -hmm. for example when you bought things it listed the price in Imperial Credits well in Credits because Imperial Credits were discontinued <laughs> after the, yeah, Star Wars nerd stuff <laughs> so you paid in Credits mm -hmm. and people were confused like what's a, what's a credit? which I think is a bit strange. You, have to you see a price, you know you're in America, 
<laughs> it's it's going to be dollars. You don't read and see the dollar sign and say, oof, it's in dollars. <laughs> Thank God, because I don't have um, rubles or euros <laughs> on me. <laughs> so I, I, I can see why someone would go into the park and read the price sign and see credit and say, I don't have credits <laughs> on me. Guess I won't buy anything. But do you really need the word chicken in your Andorian tip yip? Do you read? Which you is need yeah. Do yeah, you which need is that the word? other thing? The the dishes were named after the actual fictional creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the creature was made like the like the famed Andorian tip yip, known from you yelling it, <laughs> <laughs> yelling it in a song. <laughs> As it is, Lars has this weird thing where he latches on to one word or one sentence and for weeks on end and he screams that word. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he starts singing the word everywhere. Which is really strange when you're on a, a voice chat with him doing <laughs> whatever and he goes for a drink. You can hear what he's doing narrated in his song interspersed with some of those words. Which is quite strange like, because I can't sing at all. I can't actually <laughs> sing. <laughs> like one one note. No, uh, no not but not one single note. No. Uh, but why why do we so need to we were talking chicken? about yeah. I can get behind the that the, the, the restroom has to call Wait, restroom. Maybe, maybe let's explain like the Antorian tip yip in one of the restaurants mm-hmm. was a chicken dish. I don't know exactly what kind of chicken dish it was. Now it's called Andorian fried chicken tip yip. Uh, yip, yip, yip uh, the words tip yip. So now there yeah, is now there is uh, fried chicken in between. But yeah, uh, the, the 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 fried chicken was already in the explanation of what the food was. So ah oh that okay that yeah I was gonna say I I I understood more why people wanted to know what they were eating yeah i get that but so i was going to suggest put it in the description yeah <laughs> but just just read the description it's underneath the sign even when i'm in disneyland paris at just a hamburger joint which most restaurants in paris <laughs> are let's admit i still read the description because if i don't read the description I go to the counter and they ask me, do you want a brookie with that? <laughs> I'm confused because they actually did ask me that. And I had to say, what, five times? The Lord said, just get up the thing, man, or woman. Um, and in the end, it was a cookie, a cross between a cookie and a brownie. brownie. Yeah. How the hell was I supposed to know <laughs> what a brookie is? So that's why you, uh, which is, exactly the same thing as in, 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 in Galaxy's Edge. I can imagine you're at the counter and you want to order something <laughs> and you don't have time to read the description maybe and you see oh, Andorian tip yip. What's an Andorian tip yip? So, But what is an Andorian fried chicken tip yip? The only thing I know there's fried chicken in it but I do n- not know what the dish is. Uh, yeah, but, but you still know what you're eating. Yeah, but I... Yeah, but I don't know that I'm a, I'm getting a crispy chicken roasted vegetable potato match herb and gravy. It, uh, <laughs> That's very specific <laughs> that you can say that off the top I of your head. I was reading it off a, of a, <laughs> of a site. But, um, ah, the illusion is broken. <laughs> but 
um, at KFC, I get uh, fried chicken too. It's not the same as, uh, again, yeah, crispy yeah. chicken, roasted vegetable potato. It's not the same dish. So doesn't really matter if it's in the name. I, I still need to read, oh, it's uh, with potato mash and gravy. And yeah, and indeed. So I, I, I get it for the restrooms because the restrooms didn't say restroom. Uh, I get it for... for Wait, the restroom didn't say restroom? They what said, did they say? Uh, what was Beating it? place. Uh, the place of excrement. <laughs> it was something high. Uh, wait, uh, talk for a second. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I gotta talk for a second because Lahr is googling something. Uh, oh, I talk about sporks for a moment. <laughs> have you got the answer already? Hydrate. Uh, no, no. Uh, refreshers. That was it. Refre refreshers. That is. Yeah. I get it. Because you go to refresh yourself in the restroom. Yeah, but I have but for, for a for refreshment is also a drink. So I see refreshers and I'll go in expecting drinking fountains, maybe. Yeah, the drinking fountains were called hydrators, which I that's logical. Yeah, I I think it's a good name for for the restrooms. I get it for the Andorian yeah, tip. If I don't get it, uh, could have been just Andorian tip you put out the fried chicken so that's that's no. already part of this this role play thing that people even when there's no role play because of budget cuts they already start to complain about this yeah. in-universe world I think uh, the, the Star Wars Hotel is a very good uh, um, solution to that that everybody that will pay a very high price for yeah. that will know you're coming they subscribe here. to the idea. Yeah, in that indeed. Um, but before we go to the uh, Star Wars Hotel, mm -hmm. which is a logical point to go, I want to talk about uh, one very important point, and that is sporks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spor yeah. For people who don't know what a spork is, it's a fork mixed with a spoon. Uh, but on bar two, uh, what? No, it... Uh, known from Toy Story, but whatever. Yeah, go on. Oh yes, that that, that that's a spark too, indeed. <laughs> and on Batu, people ate with a variation on spork. It wasn't the classic spork, but it was a spoon fork hybrid mix because mm -hmm. in Star Wars they don't know cutlery. <laughs> they changed that too, but you c because you got this, this spork thing, I don't know the exact name, with your dish. But I, I think they discontinued that because everybody stole them, not because... Oh, those weren't throwaway. No. Uh, I always assumed they were, were like metal. throwaway things. Why don't you just make plastic ones <laughs> to throw away? Because of course people will steal it. That's a very good point. I'd steal it. I, 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 I'd rather eat you've my... Stolen, I'd rather you've eat stolen my food with less uh, cool metal. things in, in theme parks. Sorry, what? You've stolen way less cool things in theme parks. <laughs> than a Star Wars spork. So, of course, we would steal that. It's it's weird that, that Disney didn't think about that because I, I'd rather eat with, with metal cutlery, mm -hmm. but ju just just give people but plastic spork, man. Uh, we never stole uh, a bowl from Satulis Canteen in Pandora, so... No, because that's obvious. Ah, I can fit it in my bag. <laughs> we could uh no so i regret not stealing one <laughs> yeah. you regret not stealing <laughs> one i i know you know you regret not stealing one of course um not that we're thieves but 
it, it would help me through Lars these like difficult goals. times of being at home. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Having a ball, you could console yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's it's um, seeing that people even can't handle a name on a on a on a on a board or a menu is is shows that maybe people aren't ready and we should search yeah. for opportunities where people who uh, want yeah. to uh, role play are able to role play and people who do not want to role play are not able to role play. Um, but of course, it would help if. Um, something was listed in credit uh, instead of dollars when you are role-playing. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to um, cite an article that I read. All right. How, how, how professional <laughs> uh, about the very fact of, of why things are changed. This is uh, in my research, I call this part Galaxy's Edge and why people are idiots, <laughs> which I, I wanna, I'm going to say um, that those people are idiots a lot of time during these episodes. For the record, I don't really think that. Everyone has their own park experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody experiences parks in their own way, which doesn't make it inferior. Mm -hmm. But I will judge you. <laughs> That's just a fact of life. Even if you like the same things as me, I will judge you. So to get it that way, you're not really idiots if, if you think that. Okay, now that's out of the way. Um, this was a, a person, man or woman, don't know, talking about why they think these changes are good. And I'm going to cite a few lines of uh, theirs. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. They say, I'm so immersed in my very own Star Wars experience that sometimes I miss having a theme park experience, mm. which touches on what I said before, that people want to be in a theme park. Mm-hmm would have been the same as somebody in the 1955 said oh yeah walt your place is nice but i i i, I miss having my uh, amusement park uh yeah, experience mm. and after that they say but if i'm being honest i don't like the feeling of not being in disneyland i want to be in disneyland i love disneyland <laughs> but the 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 strange thing with that is that this woman, the, so the, the the difference between Galaxy's Edge and another park of the part is, for example, um, the, uh, they use credits instead of dollars. So using dollars makes something Disneyland and saying fried chicken makes something Disneyland. But I think uh, they mean that just the, the theme park things like... Uh, shops in theme parks and, and the, the fact that you are in a theme park by Disney with Mickey's and mm -hmm. all the things that go along with it makes it Disneyland for them. Mm -hmm. And they want to know when they're in the park that they're in Disneyland. Wasn't the idea. original goal of Disneyland to fully immerse yourself in yeah. the jungle and in... Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I do not subscribe to that idea, but I think many people who are annual pass holders subscribe to that idea mm. yeah yeah i think that the the yeah the original idea of disneyland is is not what they think what disneyland is i guess no but, but in the end it's not wrong it's not a wrong no. way to experience the parks just because walt didn't intend for that but i really want to know what she thinks disneyland is yeah that's 
not something she ex- I, I recall uh, her or yeah. him or her. I don't know. It's I don't know why recording them. Ah, her. okay. I thought you said her. Okay, sorry. I think <laughs> I it. He, her, him, she, he, she, other pronouns. <laughs> Uh, another thing we haven't touched on yet is when you have the most iconic movie score of all time written by John Williams, arguably the most brilliant film composer of all time, I want to hear that in the theme park land themes to Star Wars because Galaxy's Edge does not play Star Wars themes because in a Star Wars world, they do not play Star Wars themes. I um which is logical. Kind of could get behind the the statement of using uh music that the that the lack of music um goes together with a, a, a lack of something you need an environmental uh sphere um uh yeah whatever it's something that you need in a theme park but I really don't want to walk into Galaxy's Edge hearing yeah I really don't want to hear it. I want to hear if, if John Williams wants to write five more hours of music uh, for Galaxy's Edge to add to what the, what's already there, the very short uh, piece of music mm-hmm. that he already wrote. I'm good with that. Um, immersion has his has its limits, I guess. Uh, music could help there, but I really don't want to hear all those... Yeah, Imperial March and and really don't yeah. need that. To illustrate with with a personal experience of mine, I I I love movie teams. I absolutely since I was a kid, I grew up around movie teams. My dad loves movie teams. We played a game when I was young where we named the movie a team was out of. Mm-hmm. I'm crazy about movie teams. So uh, when we play role playing games, I am I. Most of the time I take on the role of the referee, the game master. And because I love movie teams, I put a lot of time in, in composing playlists to listen to while playing that reflect the mood of what we are playing. And when I first started out as, as a dungeon master, as they called in the uh, Dungeon and Dragons, I made a list of, of my favorite movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, bridges, the bridge of Casa Dune from St- uh, Lord of the Rings was in there, the main team. Because it's an awesome team. That and, and many more other parts of, of famous and less famous movie scores. And of course, I wanted to hear those when we I was playing. But when we were playing and we were fighting giants or doing whatever you do in Dungeons and Dragons and Lord of the Rings music started playing, people, it was like there was a... a a millisecond stop in the action of people like recognizing the fact oh, yeah. that that's Lord of the Rings. And for those few seconds, they weren't in, in the world I constructed around them anymore. Mm-hmm. It broke the immersion. And as much as I love to hear that song and all those famous movie songs, I think it is mostly to the detriment. Yeah, I... I and that I agree. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean you can't have a score like Pandora uh, has a score composed specifically for it that integrates small recurring themes from the movie soundtrack. But it's a whole different beast. Yeah, and I I recognize those 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 tunes from the park, 
not from the movie. Maybe because the movie soundtrack isn't that well known and isn't, frankly, that good as the score to the theme park. But most of them are original tunes, but they invoke the spirit of Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example, our uh, our beautiful hyperspace mountain attraction. Um, the start when you get launched, which is already not very logical to get launched from an uh, X-wing fighter. Yeah. But uh, the 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 main well, they launch, but not like yeah, not like yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but the main team of Star Wars starts playing, and I'm just like, wh- what the hell is it? Why? Yeah. I really don't get why it's playing. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's the start of your adventure, but does that mean you need the start of the Star Wars? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It really gets me out of the moment, aside from that the attraction itself is quite yeah, terrible. But uh, I think um, there is a... Um, there is a there is a case to be made for both not having music and being full immersion and hearing the the ventilator vents in Galaxy's Edge and hearing the spaceships uh, flying uh, above of you. Uh, and there is a case to be made about having music. But I think if you have music, you really need um, mostly or or only, uh, but, but especially mostly uh, new fresh music that is made with this with the same feel like they got john yeah. williams if you if you need somebody to write music for galaxy Z, it's john williams it's john williams but yeah. you don't need all these same uh, you <sighs> disney parks are made to bring a new experience not to rehash yeah, the same indeed. experience same t- although some attractions do beauty and yeah exactly and i think like you said um making something new but maybe integrating some small part of the old mm-hmm. like uh the pandora team track mm-hmm. uh in it integrates one of the central tunes that's also used in the movie soundtrack which maybe takes you out a little bit but it's it's well uh, integrated well enough into the whole of the new music to not really bother me and i really think the music can help with uh, with um with the immersion, with the role-play feeling, the feeling of being there. Because we, um, of course, these real, um, if, if, if this place was real, there wouldn't be music, but we know these please, uh, places um, with music. When we enter a new yeah. planet on... on music, on, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to hear music. Music, music is the highway into someone's soul. Yes. For the same reason that if you someone with dementia listens to a song from their youth, they can bloom open. Mm-hmm. It's it's this secret passage that goes right to someone's emotion. For the same reason, I love to use it when I'm, I'm DMing Dungeons & Dragons. When I put on the right song at the right moment, you can amplify a feeling. I almost moved people to tears at the last session of a campaign. Mm-hmm. Because the right song at the right moment started playing but maybe the 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 solution to that is then having a mix of when you enter the land there is this beautiful piece of music written for entering uh batu and and you you write music for that and when you're on the attraction you know what people are feeling because you very much uh made that feeling you 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 wrote down what they need to feel in in uh, in that moment and you can uh, write music for that but if you're in a store or just walking 
on a street. Everybody has different feelings at different times. Uh, they saw the Millennium Falcon for the 50th yeah. time of somebody is just taking a picture of their kid and you don't know which feeling they're going to have. Maybe you don't need the music because everybody is different. And when you specifically know this is where they're looking, this is what they are thinking, then you can have the music when you're entering. Exactly. Um, when you're you, need, you need something... I think you need something different to back it up because music can invoke emotion by itself, but I think it's at its strongest when it's used as an amplifier mm -hmm. of the emotion you're already feeling. And, and I think having these places in Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge in, in Batu, where there is no sound, sound of, uh, aside from the world sounds, the, the spaceships, I think it's very mm -hmm. strong if you have those spaces where, yeah. where um, uh, yeah. So I think um, I think I don't want uh, the Star Wars team to play. <laughs> no, no. But I I understand where they come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I see why music is uh, is needed. Um, but yeah. but not so in in that yeah. way. It's uh, so yeah, I think we can conclude that maybe a full-on role-playing experience isn't for the average guest mm -hmm. not someone who goes to uh, Disneyland Anaheim to go to a theme park or goes to Hollywood Studios mm -hmm. not Magic Kingdom <laughs> to <laughs> go to a theme park and the last sentence of their article is that maybe in a few years we will have uh, reached an, an equilibrium of those elements, those immersive, almost role-playing elements, mm -hmm. and more normal things that are much more enjoyable for the average visitor. And I think that's the key sentence, uh, the key word to this is the average visitor, because because it's the average. Most people visiting will be one of those averages, mm -hmm. and a theme park like Disneyland still has to pander to those but having the choice like signing up when you buy your ticket I want to role play oh, well, what a transition <laughs> into the point I was going to make right. namely what Lars is talking about is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser mm -hmm. which is a 3D hotel experience 3D Ah, three uh, days. Three, <laughs> D. three days. I don't know why it's a three D. Technically, it's three D. You will enter in three D. I hope it's four D because <laughs> I really want to feel something. <laughs> you don't feel anything. <laughs> don't don't kid us. Not but during this crisis. I'm I'm no I'm not. Dead. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm dead inside, man. I just feel Corona. As oh, long as you're not dead on the outside yet, because of Corona, it's all good, man. Uh -huh. No. So the Star Wars cruise ship basically yeah it's yeah it's a cruise ship but it, it's not uh, a ship well it in the fiction it's a ship but outside of the fiction it's just a hotel mm -hmm. it's just for which you shine up yeah say what no you. i don't know <laughs> he doesn't know anymore so you it's a three-day experience which you go aboard a galactic star cruise which is almost a role-playing experience that we want and we are asking for it because uh, you go to you go to the launch bay because of course it's not a hotel entrance because you're launching towards a spaceship 
in orbit. You step aboard a, a, a bus that doesn't have any windows to the outside world, but the windows are screens that show you taking off, going to the stars and docking at the star cruiser. And from there on, you're a character in the, the, the story. You're still a, a tourist, mm-hmm. which I think may be one a thing that helps. You're still something, you're, you're tourists, you're still visiting whether them. you want it or not. So the fact that you are also a tourist in the fiction eases someone along in that. You don't have to take the, the role of, a, of an adventurer doing quests for, for guilds. No, you're just a tourist mm-hmm. going to a hotel, but it's not a hotel, it's a spaceship. But would you hand in your phone uh, for three days? I, I, I would hand in my phone for, for something like that. If I could hand in my phone and not have to pay, I'd hand in my phone. <laughs> I'd also hand in my phone if I had to pay, <laughs> to be honest. But I guess most people won't. Will it break the the immersion and and the feeling of roleplay if you see people taking pictures and I being on Facebook so. and TikTok and Twitter? and Maybe that, yeah. But so just stop staring at other people's screens. <laughs> For one, that's weird. Uh, and the other thing, it's it's Star Wars, people running around with data slates, which I think is, is a word from Star Trek, that's Star Wars, but I digress. Uh, with, with technology, isn't that out of place? Maybe if they make uh, um, cell phone, phone cases, cases for every kind of uh, yes, phone. Yes, I want it. <laughs> you can keep make it, it because you already pay a few million dollars to stay. Yeah, yeah. It's very expensive because yeah, it's a three-day experience, but it's a role-playing experience. So people on the ship play the role of the cast members of the uh, ship attendees. Mm-hmm. It's logical that it's uh, expensive. It's yeah, yeah, and normal. you actually play a part in the story of what's going on on the ship because it's not just the c- of course things will happen along the way. Um, you can one of the days uh, you can go into the cockpit and experience a, a battle and play an active role with the captain in the battle. Um, it's it's quite small too. It's not that many people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which, which it's a hundred rooms, right? A hundred? Uh, I, I wrote, I thought I wrote it down. It's, yeah, it's a hu- yeah. Yeah, hundred rooms, uh, 350-ish people. Which is... Um, uh, By Disney standards, not a lot. Not yeah. a lot. Which, which maybe proves uh, the point we made with Evermore, that uh, it's very hard to, to give a personal experience mm-hmm. when you're a big multinational park. But one of the, one of the three days, um, I think the, the middle day, so you slept one night, then you go to uh, Galaxy's Edge on a, like an excursion. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, won't, I wouldn't do that. I I maybe would go to Galaxy's Edge. It would break but I would so not much t- with the I I I wouldn't cross the boundary of Edge. But you would still see people with Mickey Mouse t-shirt and yes, wearing and Mickey how ears and how quaint they must come from a planet <laughs> where that king is a mouse. How <laughs> which is already our reality. They are our presidents and overlords. 
so let's just get used to the fact. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I would I would think about that. Mm. If I hadn't been in Galaxy's Edge yet, yeah, okay, but I would what, go. What are the odds if, I had if you're been spending already. thousands of dollars that you're not uh, yeah, a few uh, days uh, more in uh, Walt Disney yeah, 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 or yeah. Disneyland? Exactly. Um, and yeah, so I- in this cruise ship, you one thing I don't really like about it. It's very s- the rooms are very small, but I think that's that's standard with cruise ship esque affairs like this. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's also n- not the um, uh, they don't uh, want you to be in your room. There is a lot more. No, to no, that, that's maybe. not a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the rooms don't have windows. Obviously, uh, they, ha- they have windows, Digital but room. it's too, yeah, it's too space, mm-hmm. and you're not actually in space, so those aren't really windows; those are screens. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and so you, you've got the cockpit you can go to. It, it's not something you, I think, you can access constantly, but you've got like a time slot within which a group can go into the cockpit to like experience the story there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are hints that there are more individual storyline elements that you can interact with cast members and they can give you story hints and story clues and things to do for them. You, you also have this um, uh, training academy where you can... Yeah, do lightsaber training. Pew, pew, lightsaber thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they, they talk about secret spaces that you uh, unlock by, by furthering the story. This uh, I would like this so much. Uh, yeah. Oh the man, this is, oh yes, I want it. The concept drawing is is a drawing of like the insides of the ship, like the mechanic parts, the 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 small walkways in between, and the the motor room. But the thing that that strikes me as odd is in that picture you can only see uh, children playing. Hmm. Which the video I, I was watching a video with, and they made a very good point about. That it looks like one of those kitty drop-off zones in a ship, ah, uh, in a cruise ship. It's well disguised kitty drop-off zone, well, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The thing they may they uh, will have to face if you make a kitty drop-off zone <laughs> that's that well themed and that cool, it won't be just a kitty drop-off zone too, because I want to play in that. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of adults playing in your kitty drop-off room then. I see. Uh, s- some of the artwork has a. People sitting with their uh, MacBook in the in like a lobby or or bar, so yeah. Oh, th- the bar looks amazing. It's called uh, the Silver Scene Lounge, which is like the the high end bar of there. Are, there are multiple bars and restaurants there. That's one, mm-hmm. and there's actually in the, the 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 concept art. There's like a digital sabak table, the the card game they play in in, mm-hmm. in Star Wars, through which uh, Han won the Millennium Falcon of Lando. Which I think is absolutely fucking cool. <laughs> the fact that you can get in, go into a bar and actually play Star Wars gambling games that uh, I'd probably become a gambling addict <laughs> after leaving a. Uh, For leaving three days, cruise. losing uh, all your yeah. money. How much would you n- pay? Like at this, at this moment in your life, how much would you want to. Uh, at this moment. In my life, I wouldn't want to pay that much for it. But how much because would you... If, say that, I, uh, that I'm already uh, living on my own mm-hmm. and my funds are replenished from 
making the move to living on my own, mm-hmm. then I I would then I would be uh, uh, so willing. So to in a few a months' more. time, yeah, it, uh, it's only a few months until until that moment. So how much money? That's a, a few months. Let's say a few few years. Uh, by the ah, time for the I'm replenishment. Own, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 For the yeah. replenishment part. But the thing is, for us, we gotta go all the way to America. True. True. But for someone in America, if I was living yeah. in America, I I could just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, still I a lot of money for three stored, days. But yeah, you can indeed, but it's it's a lot more expensive. You can do that that amount times three, yeah. Maybe time, maybe a lot more, by the time we get there. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's not that. Let's say times two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's true. I I now don't know. Um, might have the same. Uh, if you want to build this in Europe, it might have the same problems that the other role-play yeah. kind of attractions, yeah. spiel attractions have, so I don't see this. Uh, and we, we have, have that language we have barrier. hotels enough, so we don't need That's it. That's a fact. Uh, one thing that struck me as very odd on the cruise ship uh, is, <laughs> as I said, there are multiple... Uh, why are you laughing? Nothing. There was a, a long silence. Go on. I... I uh, alongside, yeah, the uh, I think the call is is, is lagging behind a bit, okay. but uh, I'm hearing you clearly again. All right. But um, what struck me as odd, there are multiple ways to dine on the ship. There's like the Silver Sea Lounge, which is the the, the cruise bar, but there's also a canteen, more like the, the, a dingy cantina thing. Mm-hmm. I think uh which which strikes me as odd that there's like a, a Jabba's Palace esque dingy dive bar on your cruise ship. I d- I don't think I've seen that concept art. I've seen they they talked about there being a second option which looked like a cantina and there is concept art for a cantina like that they were going to put in Galaxy's Edge. So people think it might be something very similar and it will have like a dinner time show. Yeah, it would be odd if it was uh if it was re- really was the job uh job of the yeah. thing. <laughs> this this seems uh strange. So I I expect that that's a misconception by some people. Yeah, but there is mention of uh, some people do mention there being like a a musical dinner time show with like dancing twi'leks and and the max rebo band and you can have uh, enslaved notes. people dancing <laughs> on a, on a yeah it's it's a bit maybe not slaves <laughs> but uh a bit like the the performance in in jabba's palace dancing stormtroopers which i think yeah exactly <laughs> which i think it's a, is a cool idea like a dinner time show in a cantina yeah really cool but it's weird that a cruise ship would would do that mm, why but maybe uh, in like mm. if if you think about it a cruise ship they have a lot of offers a themed area for a team show would seem quite logical which would be weird it would be uh, a, a themed area inside of a themed area which is very meta <laughs> but Maybe, maybe not that f- 
strange. <laughs> we went from it's strange to ah, maybe not. Yeah. S- sorry that I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> for myself and having uh, revelations. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, if I'm paying that much money, I hope the immersion will be will be strong enough. Top notch, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there, there yeah, there's no excuse for there was for half-assing it. No, but, but, but also for, for the people visiting, there was, they talked about, uh, there were rumors about people um, getting clothes so they could dress up and stuff. Um, uh, I think if, if, if people were just walking around the hotel with, again, Mickey Mouse t-shirts and stuff, it would be kind of breaking the, yeah. the feeling. And you don't need expensive clo- uh, expensive clothes to give to your guests. You can just have a very simple Star Wars design. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and s- some other points I wanted to touch uh, on. Yes. Which are, again, really cool. <laughs> there are some uh, rumors. Uh, they say that, that characters from the movies will appear throughout your stay. Mm-hmm. Which is logical because people want the movies and not something original most of the time. But <laughs> there's a, a, a rumor that they are building a system to uh, to 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 mechanically break things. So at one point, uh, Kylo Ren or some other evil character could come inside, and they could, uh, with the force, pull down the ceiling, mm. uh, destroy barricades, mm-hmm. which I think <laughs> is really fucking cool. Yeah, w- another thing. It adds a, you know, a lot to the, the, the feeling yeah, of, that of, would of be the, the realism. Yeah. Of realism and the feeling that you're experiencing a story yeah. which you're a part of. That is mm-hmm. not just a cruise ship and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And one other cool thing is there's a prison on the floor plan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and that's just for people who don't participate in the role play. Yeah, yeah. Just throw them in. So I yeah, I guess I guess one part of the, the Roleplay will be probably picking an alliance, uh, first order or resistance, and maybe you doing something could end up you uh, landing in the brig. Isn't that exactly like a, a sociological experiment where people get <laughs> get the the people become warden and others, and then they start to there is like an experiment that was yeah a, yeah the the. Something, something, universe, exp- universe yeah. experience, experience, uh, experience. Ex- yeah, the experience. <laughs> you, p- you <laughs> have to pay to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Search for the Google yeah. Man. Whatever, but uh, I, I hope they don't misuse their power. <laughs> the cast members. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I don't know what, what could go on in a. How, how long could you put somebody in a, in a jail? Um. <laughs> not long but you could give them the experience of 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 breaking themselves out or or uh, like an escape room kind of thing yeah 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 you could do like something like that or or negotiating with the guard to let you go mm-hmm. it's 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 a, a very good platform for for uh cost and story interaction yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, an escape room would be really cool actually like uh, the not yeah, so yeah, good Episode eight, where they were in the jail, that you have to talk to one of the cast members that's in jail with you and get yourself yeah. out. I don't know why you would remind me of Ken. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's very. Uh, 
very very friendly of you. Uh, y- you were the one that wanted to gamble, so. Aha! <laughs> oh, fuck off! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <sighs> Candlebite. Let's not, let's not talk about Candlebite. But uh, I think we're we're at the end of our, our Star Wars bit. That's Ooh, cool. is there a next bit? <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about uh, Lon van Oid. Ah, too bad. <laughs> we already kind of talked about that, but like, I think we can go much more into it. So like Lars said, there was a theme park called uh, Het Land van Ooit, mm-hmm. Everland or Land of Ever in English, which had uh, uh, a park in uh, Drunen in Holland. And that was framed more as a theat- an interactive theater experience park. Mm-hmm. Which, as we as we said previously, you you went there and kids were were royalty from from other land and their parents were their servants. And the interaction with the cast and other theatrical uh, performances throughout the park were the main experience. You had some rides, but it wasn't like big. They didn't have like big e-ticket rides. I remember two things. So my father reading the letter and me falling into the water. So, Ah, you falling in the water was there. I know you fell yeah. into the water and you talk about it, it was a, a bit too often. Very <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> it was a great day. Oh, we, we had clothes in the car, so. Ah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all well and good then. No, the, 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 um, I, I remember the castle at the end of the day because they, they had a big castle which was a, a, yeah. a real car an historical castle not a not a, ah, like okay. a disney castle but painted oh, pink. that's cool um uh, maybe uh, less cool <laughs> historians <laughs> all around holland were having a uh, a heart attack when they did that probably yeah they they um they had to have some discussions with the um uh, heritage people of yeah, uh, yeah i can imagine but in the end they they, they were allowed to paint it pink um and I, I remember at the end of the day there was something going on there, so I think everybody should uh, had to go to there because there was a big um, ceremony or something. Uh, I remember uh, those N- Napoleon statues in the in the water, which is still a very famous um, yeah yeah th- image if you look like up a, a bunch of Napoleonic statues frozen in the water, and the story is something like. Napoleon wanted to take uh, the land van Ooit, but <laughs> they sank into the, the marsh or the swamps or something. Yeah, the something the something very uh, Efteling-esque, which is, I think, a running theme with this park. It's it reminds me a lot of the Efteling, which is yeah, because the the person who logical. um who uh, oh yeah he worked on yeah he was the CEO oh yeah, yeah I've director I of Efteling yeah. Mark. But also, Taminio yeah. or something. Something yeah, that. Marsha van Til Taminio. Which is, even for someone who <laughs> speaks Dutch, quite a uh, complex name there. Uh, so, yeah, it's logical that you have these um, Efteling feelings. Yeah, yeah, but also if you're, if you're something from, from the Netherlands, the Efteling is probably the park you visit most. Mm-hmm. Which, if there's someone uh, listening who isn't from Europe and doesn't know what the Efteling is, go to the Efteling. <laughs> I think uh, if you if you ever take a, a visit to Europe, it should be 
Disneyland Paris, uh, in, in no particular order, uh, Disneyland Paris, Efteling, Europa Park, and Tivoli Gardens are the most important ones, I think. I I I I predicted three of those in my head. <laughs> I wouldn't. I didn't predict you were going to uh, uh, say Europa Park. Not that I've been there, but it's a very good park. Basic. You you it's can go to Disney park. World too, but it's a very good park. It's yeah. For people who don't know what Europa Park is, Google it. Look at the big sphere in the park <laughs> and think, hmm. I know that from somewhere. <laughs> and a lot of other and that's places. Yeah, and they like they. Uh, they say Pirates they of Bavaria. <laughs> they say they um they they took a step away from the very Disney inspired attractions, but uh, their uh, latest uh, additions are very very Disney like. But it's a very good park, very big park also. Mm-hmm. Um, still a family park, uh, very enjoyable, but with a lot of very directly. Uh, Disney yeah. references. Um, yeah, but uh, as we were talking, uh, Land van Oort is very Efteling-esque because the Efteling, for people who don't know, is a land about fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And this park also has a lot of, of fairy tale-esque qualities. It's not strictly an existing fairy tale like most things in the Efteling are, but um, it does invoke the feel of. of but then with the, the, with the sense tales. of theater. Because sense of theater and a sense of history too, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a running theme because they had a theme because they are a theme park and of course they theme things. <laughs> but uh, they had a second park in Belgium, in Tongeren, which is a city famous because it was uh, the city of, of Tungri something something during Roman times. Tungri something something. Yeah. I don't know, the, the local Celts, uh, not Celts, the local Belgae were called Tungri, and the city of Tongeren, if you can even call it a city. <laughs> in Belgian standards, it's a city. In international standards, it probably doesn't even <laughs> qualify as a village. But uh, <laughs> I, I, it was a famous uh, Roman city. So the park there was then the same concept, yeah. but ported to a... a Roman team, but that one um, failed miserably, which cost them a lot of money, which ended up in uh, uh, the main Land van Oort park closing down because they were they dug a financial hole <laughs> they couldn't crawl out of. <laughs> which is, uh, I think, I would really like to revisit a place like that uh, today. I haven't Europe. visited. I I need to visit this park. I was six I years old, so... But maybe, yeah... I hunger for it on a spiritual level. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but uh, I'm not laughing. <laughs> okay. Um, I, really I, 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 I said I, I want to revisit a place like that, but of course it was meant for children, so I would uh, I would have to produce some uh, some some children to, to be able to... We then it will be just silence <laughs> without a master, man. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't know if, a, uh, if an adult going alone could enjoy itself. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I would. Just, yeah, probably, I guess. Just in- interacting with these, well, crazy characters. Because on the Wikipedia page, there's a list of every character in the park. 
and it's a lot of them. <laughs> I, I remember a few of them. Um, Even there's a horse. <laughs> the horse was a character. <laughs> the, the horse apparently had a mustache or something, because it's called Cosmetus Nor, which means Cos with the mustache. <laughs> and when he died, he even got a statue. Ah. Uh. Things like what the list goes on and on and on and on. It's a it's a very long list. I um, I interacted with a few and I know a few from from like a, a book I have and and stuff. But there was also they had a TV show and and and. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I think they had a a, a children show somewhere, yeah. but because yeah, why not? Because well cast members were by extension actors yes which i think is another pitfall of one of these um parks because i think if if a big park like i think here in europe it wouldn't be that much of a problem because actors aren't really exorbitantly uh, paid when they do a, a tv show or a movie mm-hmm. They've got a, 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 a monthly wage like most people, maybe a big monthly wage if they're working on a big TV show. But if you're working on something smaller, I don't think they'll pay it that well or that much more than average. Yeah, it's not millions. People who it's don't uh, act. Yeah, few thousands. And if you're yeah, yeah, indeed. And if you port that to uh, a land like America with a big company like Disneyland. But uh, the I the think cast members who act are the very expensive. Yeah, but Disneyland has the advantage that uh, there are a lot of workless actors around them, so a lot of the cast that's members are inspiring actors. That's why you have this you have well very yeah, yeah, yeah. qualified cast members in uh, in in Anaheim because th- a lot of them want to be cast members or in this in this transition period of of looking for uh, act- acting work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, uh, one thing I, I, I noticed about uh, Evermore, the, the first, talk, uh, first park we talked about, mm-hmm. is I, I some people weren't that skilled in acting as others. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's not, it wasn't re- that bad. They're probably better actors than I am. <laughs> but there were some, like, there were these, these dwarf musicians I saw in many videos, uh, uh, and most videos immediately went to them because they were in full prosthetic makeup and they looked great and they acted great. They were really funny. But some of them, you could see they were like plucked off of, of out of <laughs> the local amateur <laughs> theater, I think. Yeah. They were many of the ones that weren't, that's good. One of the common denominators with them was the fact that they weren't, they were quite young. Mm. Maybe even teenagers yeah on a on which a vacation job uh summer yeah, yeah, summer maybe, job which, yeah which i think with us would be a kick-ass <laughs> job, <man. laughs> yeah. and with a third general up oh well i played uh, uh, <laughs> uh, a member of the monsters guild in the team park <laughs> i have a question for you for me are there places not um not specifically theme park or themed environments, but places in, 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 in Belgium around us where you, just like um, like uh, Pandora is a well-themed place where you're not acting, but you feel 
differently? Are there places here in Europe where, or, or moments that you have had somewhere here in uh, in Europe or in Belgium that are like that, where you where you enter a place and you feel like this could be somewhere else than I am right now, or this is different. Are you are you segueing me to talk about Bokre <laughs> or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have t- I have t- I have two um, two examples. Maybe maybe we should explain what yeah. Bokre is. <laughs> I, that's actually quite a good example. Yeah, maybe. I don't know why I didn't think of it. It's too long ago that I that I that yeah. I went. So yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know Bokrek how immersive is it is, but yeah, I I, f- I f- remember it very vaguely. Yeah, but, uh, for. For people not from Belgium or people from Belgium who don't know, because I don't think it's really a big deal anymore. Back in the day, it was a big deal. Yes, yeah, chill. As a, I, I went a few yeah. times as a as a child. Yeah, I want to go back actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. But Bokrek is an interactive exhibition that shows how life was like in like early twentieth century. I think it is Belgium, mm-hmm. in which they recreated a whole uh, village. And throughout the day, people actually live there in character. Yeah, they show off their the 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 old timey traits. Uh, yeah. All of the buildings also are 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 not built for the park. They they were ah. uh, removed from other places around Belgium ah, and shipped that. to the br- brought to the That's park. Cool. So those are authentic buildings. Um, and yeah, you can you can go see. Uh, uh, a, a man making alcohol and 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 seeing yeah, like a, a sheep farmer and stuff. Yeah, and and you could even uh, attend classes yeah. at the local school. I remember that. I remember doing that multiple times. <laughs> uh, even there were like actual church services going on. Mm-hmm. I I I presume that was an actual pastor doing them. I think that would be the easiest thing. And people would actually the the members of the town would actually go through church mm. every day because well it's it's that's it's cool. an old belgian town of course they are catholic that's cool uh yeah it really i remember very vividly and uh, i don't know why but uh i was al- always running into the same kid and he was always riding on his father's bike because back in the day ac- apparently because my 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 grandfather and my grandmother were with me then they told me because i was very confused the kid why he was riding on a bike that's way too big for him <laughs> and he told me that yeah children's bikes were really expensive back in the day oh and okay. most people didn't have money enough for multiple bikes so if you're a poor family you had like the dad got a bike for his size and posture and if the kid wanted to use a bike he had to try and and get on it without using the saddle because he couldn't reach the <laughs> saddle and ride it that way but the the and he was the kid was working there then or yeah yeah he was he was one of the characters okay but how how old was the kid not old he was really young and was he had a, a, a pillow <laughs> tied to one of the uh, the bars in front of the the seat because the seat didn't go low enough <laughs> for him. He had to like, sit on a pillow, he tied <laughs> around, okay. which well, I, I really liked. And then he... Uh, I, I, <laughs> I heard him uh, breaking character behind my back. 
which broke everything for me. <laughs> Your life was ruined. Yeah. Um, I was at the school where, the, where I, I was taking one of the lessons and uh, he came in right after me and the person playing the teacher was confused why he was there. And he like asked what I... I don't remember even what's supposed to be in this part. Like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm just killing time until uh, the uh, the church service starts, and then I'm gonna go after the church service to go do that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Like, <laughs> uh, and and it was from from this day on that Neil knew he wasn't a time traveler. He wasn't really in yeah. old timey Belgium. No. Well, it didn't help, but the fact that uh, <laughs> I went to a pop concert on those grounds after that, which ah, <laughs> hmm. it was one of those um, questionable. Um, so the, the the liberale mutualiteit <laughs> I don't know how to say this in in in, in um, English. It's like a welfare thing they pay when you get ill. Maybe you should explain it's it for our American listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, <coughs> for yeah, when we get ill, we don't pay exorbitant <laughs> amounts of money. <laughs> there are agencies you go, you are, are a member of that pay that for you, and it was like AAA employee day Ob so Obamacare on steroids yeah yeah exactly and privatized sort of mm, kind of yeah 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 because yeah, you can choose yeah. which yeah mutualiteit you go to and so one moment I was uh, at a church service in 1900s Flanders <laughs> and uh, five minutes after I was uh, looking at uh, a Neon Thomas concert <laughs> which uh, for people who know who that is, is when Justin Bieber was a thing, Belgian thought we need that too. <laughs> so they got Ian Thomas, um, and I hated every second, of it, <laughs> frankly. Not something for you if you're a fan of that, good for you. <laughs> but I'd rather be uh, taking lessons in an early 20th century <laughs> town than listen to that. Is it early 20th century? I don't know what it is. I think it I is. know. Wait, 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 wait. I'm looking up. He's looking up. Um, I'm making sounds. No, I don't know. <laughs> it it, it opened in 1958. So. Uh, okay, then it's probably 12 not 20. 12th of April 1958. That's ah, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's um, between two periods, uh, the 17th century until uh, 1950. So it's quite all. It's a it's a mix of different times and different oh, ways I don't of remember life. Remember it being that broad. Ah, Belgium didn't really change between that. So. <laughs> it still really hasn't. <laughs> it's just the same with smartphones. But places. Yeah, in your daily life. you said you, you actually had to. Yeah, I, I have no, I one one if place and one moment. So, um, during the the, the very um, uh, strong lockdown in in March, yeah. uh, in the early beginnings, there wasn't um, there was there were far uh, less people on the streets, uh, far less cars on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, and at night and it was felt like it's a themed environment for a post-apocalyptic setting. No, it no no wait. So, um, so during so I live in Ghent in Belgium. It's uh, I know where you're it's, going. Um, uh, 
a city, it's, but it's city, yeah. with a lot of traditional architectural. Uh, and, and during the, this lockdown, like I went cities. walking at like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock at night. There's nothing to do. There are no cafes, there are no restaurants, no bars. So I was in the, I went, so I start here. This doesn't feel like an old-timey place where I live. But if I walk like five minutes, I enter this historic center of Ghent. And uh, it was completely empty. Just all these cathedrals, the the, the old timey buildings. There was nobody there. So the whole cool. city left. No buses, no cars, no bikers, no people. And I was all alone in this historic center, walking around. And that's for the first time. The the city center felt like I could be in. Uh, I could. Uh, I was walking there in in like early nineteenth century or something. Or, or early 20th century. There was a moment that I felt like this doesn't feel like our time or, or, or the place where I live. It was quite magical. And and what's the point you want to make about role-playing? No, it, it immersive, a place where you walk in and feel different. Like Pandora, where you don't ah, role-play. Yeah, 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 yeah. But where you uh, enable something yeah. in yourself. Um but wouldn't it be a cool thing to um do that there are enough like the Gentse feest and enough markets and fairs in Gent mm-hmm. to like for a few days a year use the historic center of Gent mm-hmm. for like a Renaissance fair like thing. Okay, you're gonna have trams and yeah. buses <laughs> because there's a lot of trams, but if we ignore the trams be really cool mm-hmm. because there's a lot of history in Ghent could be used to 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 shed a light on uh the history of Ghent but you would have the same problem as like Galaxy's Edge where everybody's just wearing normal clothes and yeah stuff. um yeah indeed indeed but it, it uh, Ghent really lends itself to uh but I think most cities in Belgium lend itself to that many mm-hmm. yeah True. The 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 other one is a uh, is a uh, something where all where where I always feel a, lif- a little bit different. Also here in Ghent is the Citadel Park, which is a a park with a lot of um, l- landscape design from the uh, nineteen thirteen World Fair, I think nineteen thirteen. I'll look it up uh, in Ghent, uh, and there is a lot of rock work. It's not that good it's not as a disney park or it doesn't look as good as as real rock work but you have um uh, a lot of this rock work in 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 uh, in this park and there are a lot of small spaces where for one second you don't feel in a in a city park or in a forest or or in a city anymore and you really feel yourself immersed in like this uh stone forests whatever a stone forest. Stone forest. <laughs> a, st- a, st- a stone forest. I can imagine that Citadel Park <laughs> is a stone forest uh, many times during the day. <laughs> no, so tho- those are two places. Uh, the one isn't um, uh, doesn't feel like that anymore because if I go walk at night, now there's people again. Those filthy people damn, are damn <laughs> the people. <laughs> they are always uh, ruining it, <laughs> ruining Galaxy's Edge, ruining Ghent, <laughs> ruining it. Land van Oit. Let's just get rid of people, man. Aha! Just do everything in VR and maybe not that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so th- those are two of my places where uh, 
where I felt I I for a second like I wasn't uh, in the place I was. Uh, I felt in a different, and I and you you really feel it inside of you. Oh, this is I'm somewhere else for even a second. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's a lot of moments and smaller places mm-hmm. hidden everywhere around us. I can, I if if, if it's not pouring rain like <laughs> it's doing for the last few days i like to go take walks and there are parts of, of the nearby forest where i where i feel like i'm not in in my town anymore because it's quite a suburban town mm-hmm. and I, I live right next to quite a, a busy road and i can can walk for 10 minutes i'm in the middle of a field with an antique uh Fermet, I don't know how you say, like uh, like a farmhouse on a gravel road through which two cars can impossibly pass each other, mm-hmm. which also feels like a totally different place. And to go back to the theme of our episode, maybe that's that's a thing that could be done as a a to give people a, a role playing themed experience. Mm-hmm. We c- those places could be exploited, not not exploited as a bad that as bad connotation, <laughs> but but used. No, we exploit it. No, we'll, we'll yeah, do that for money. Give us all your cash. <laughs> uh, but could be used to give people an experience like that. Mm-hmm. I think because I, maybe I, the key for no. for the themed experience we would like, the themed role playing experience we would like. The key of that lies in maybe not doing it on a large scale and using those those smaller places mm-hmm. to pander to a smaller audience. The, the problem I think with that is for me, uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people can uh, see past that, but to do it really well, to do make something really immersive, even if you have the place, it will cost yeah. a lot of money. A lot of money. And you can't do it with a lot of people because then you break something again. If you want to yeah, do indeed. it full immersion, if you want to do it like halfway, but like the, it's yeah. possible. Even like even a Renaissance fair isn't full immersion anymore then mm-hmm. because there's always an outside experience. And I think at one point you got to let go of that because that's uh, that's an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, if you like search for like really large LARPing events, there are some which the immersion breaking is almost zero. The only immersion breaking is the rule system itself because you need referees mm-hmm. and you're tracking someone with a foam sword and not an actual sword. <laughs> but apart from that, it's like fully immersive. It's, it's I don't know the name of it, but I... I, 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 I watched a few YouTube videos on it, but it's, it's huge. A few times a, a year, people come together and they they are divided in, into to tribes and, and factions to which p- actual players are the actual king. And they go to actual war with like hundreds of people on each side. And they've got big camps in which they live, which on their premises are an actual uh, remade medieval buildings together with some tents, uh, old tents they put up. Mm-hmm. And that looks amazing. <laughs> Just to see uh, a few hundred people laying siege 
to <laughs> a camp of, of medieval tents. Even if they're, 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 the arrows they shoot are tipped with foam balls, <laughs> so you can't gouge someone's eye out, that's still quite an incredible experience. True. But very expensive. Yeah, I think just... So, so there's a think there's a gradation in it. Some people are just like dressed in in medieval clothes, which will be expensive, but it's not as expensive manageable. as yeah. it's. But yeah, it's manageable. But if you want to play a knight in armor, mm-hmm. that's another thing. <laughs> silence. And now silence. <laughs> yeah. I think we're through your list, or is there more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, uh, uh, these were my ex. All right. My things, and we get, we we just went through the uh, the hows and the how nots. Mm-hmm. It's one something I wanted to explain. I think we 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 summed those up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the fact that it's not for everyone. I think Which if, I if think you could one. Um, infuse the Disney parks or Universal parks or other theme parks with this choice of doing it, yeah, with that's wearing a yeah. bracelet, uh, putting it on your magic band, uh, wearing a pin that that's tells the cast members, I want to role play. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Find this middle ground between people who want Andorian fried chicken tip yip <laughs> and people who want Andorian tip yip um, it's always got to be about tip <laughs> uh, I think I think um, finding this middle ground will I think if, if because we would go even more than we do now if we had our yeah, own story yeah. uh, uh, Maybe well, not now uh, because of the coronavirus m- but uh, yeah. in a normal world um maybe a, a a thought experiment we could uh indulge ourselves in is is let's let's oh, uh, no. entertain the fact I have that to think. uh yeah 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 now <laughs> it's your turn oh, no. uh let's entertain the fact that that for once uh for one that just they 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 updated let's say frontierland mm-hmm. to include something more role-playing-esque how so they uh they put a whole and a whole array of new merch in the w- in the shops too then <laughs> exactly okay, done okay we, we've solved it i think that's a big one especially with paris because merch of everything is everywhere yeah um it uh, i think it's it it's so simple to get frontier land in paris and and well, maybe discover and not anymore with buzz and stuff. But it's so simple yeah. to get Frontierland to the level of Galaxy's Edge and to the level of Pandora. It's yeah. You just need a decent merchandise team, and this land is on the level of Pandora in a second. It's such that well and, and designed. The attractions are good. The the uh, everywhere around you is is Frontierland. The dining the dining experience the is, is quite good, I think. Except for maybe like the the Mexican place, maybe we'll li- need some updates that you're not like walking around with like the, the plastic trays everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah. a bit ex- ex- breaking the immersion and maybe um, get decent rice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the rice tastes iffy. I stand by my <laughs> point. 
uh, I, it's so simple for that land to get to the point where people can feel as if they because that's the very first part of roleplay you can't uh, right now how Frontierland is, ri is right now you can't roleplay in it it's no. it's just bullshit to do it right uh, you, you just need a, a decent team getting the merchandise change your food if you're on it um and, and and it's really on the same level and then you can add the 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 roleplay um yeah and yeah the roleplay and i think giving like roleplay and, and more theater like experiences is a good way to fill up an empty part of frontierland mm -hmm. like uh the 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 yeah, next to the barbecue cookout. Beyond, yeah. yeah, the barbecue cookout like uh, Pueblo and like the Chaparral Theater. Mm -hmm. It's a big empty spot. You could put actors there. Put a country. You could just hire a country band. There is sometimes a country band next to the cowboy cookout, but not enough. I've, I've never yeah, seen it there. So that says enough. That says enough. They're there in Disney in the Disneyland Paris. We like the the. There, there's one in, in, in on Main Street sometimes too, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, yeah, well, we saw them multiple times, mm -hmm. but they aren't there enough. No, there are like it's uh, mainly also in djembe. the summer, and, and it's more in the summer, but um, yeah, the infusion of actors, I think, of, of cowboys showing their gun yeah. to you know, that, that sounds weird, not not cowboys showing their guns, please, to kids. Um, uh, um, but like, just like in Pandora, you have this man showing um, oh, the animals, Midas. <laughs> the animals with, Midas. with his toys, and explains the footprints and Maybe shows the footprints in the in the concrete in the in the in the concrete. Maybe just and illustrate our experience in the trust. That's just yelling about toys and footprints. <laughs> so so uh, this man actually, this is kind of a role play because in Pandora you are a tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. if you're talking to him, you you play this role of a tourist and the person who doesn't know any uh, anything, and he he's an actor. He he because yeah. it was multiple times the same man. It's it the the two weeks yeah, we were there. It was always, always the same him, man. Yeah, always Midas. Um. So you 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 see him and you're oh that guy again and and you want to go talk to him. Yeah. I think it's Just so to illustrate. Yeah, we were on. walking through. Uh, through Pandora in Animal Kingdom, mm -hmm. and we saw a man dressed as like a, a almost like a park ranger, mm -hmm. yeah, like a, a man of nature, uh, giving an explanation to to a family about the footprints and the the, the spores on the ground mm -hmm. of all the the native animals, and like we went with him and he beckoned us along and he was using tiny toys you could buy in wind traders to explain which animal left which track yes. which is it's so simple and disney made money of it yeah i didn't buy those exact toys but ah, i bought okay. a smaller version ah, okay. for my uh my 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 stepbrother which I contemplate stealing them <laughs> I want them to. I should have bought them for myself too. And uh, speaking of Frontierland, you have the animal imprints in the in the ground, so you could as easily have this you man do. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is a donkey. <laughs> this is a horse. This is another donkey. <laughs> so it, it's so easy to, yeah, just put an an an, uh, an, an yeah. old cowboy there at the bar who's telling. 
stories of when the mine was in its great glory and how yes, amazing exactly. the city was and how he found that very first uh, piece of gold that that you can see in yeah. the looking naked. It's so easy to infuse this with so much cool characters. And, yeah, I think one of the keys is to tie it back to our our, our idol Midas is um, he is a character. Mm -hmm. He isn't just a ranger he's he's Midas he acts like he's always playing the same character if it's someone else they probably have another name he had a catchphrase if you remember <laughs> because I did a show with like the robot suit mm -hmm. and his catchphrase was it's golden <laughs> because his name's Midas which is great that I, I don't see a Imagineer writing that out um. that probably was to me it, it almost mm. seems like the actor himself mm -hmm. came up with that his name was Midas so let's say it's golden or maybe it was written by an Imagineer and that Imagineer is a genius <laughs> either way it's good so so having the same people portray the same characters not someone else's character mm -hmm. which which I mean filling in for other people yeah they consistently playing the same person will add a layer for regulars yeah and, and then there's a sense of, of of continuity and it adds so much to the to the place uh, you you really feel like uh, when when he's showing the the footprints on the ground it's like oh yeah they those animals walked here and maybe it's not yeah. role-playing because you're just listening to him it's kind of a role-play because you're a tourist but you're just listening to him but the place becomes more elevated than you feel in that place. And that's the very first thing, as we said a billion times now, that you need for that role play. That, re that this space is real. And I'm yeah, in this real space. Yeah. I think what we can conclude from our experience with Midas is that um, human interaction is at the core of this. Mm-hmm. Because if I tell someone about Pandora, it will take a full three seconds <laughs> for me to switch to the story about Midas. <laughs> That's, that is the thing that sticks out to me. And when s you would do something with like Adventureland or Frontierland, any, any other land in Disneyland, you've got all these attractions, but I think when you can give someone a personal experience, mm -hmm a personal interaction with something that's what you are going to remember because that moment is theirs and no one else's and putting a bit of role playing in your parks maybe not where you're where you yourself are this great thespian actor uh, acting out your great story arc but just you being a person there and interacting with characters could easily be the highlight of someone's visit. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, and for us it was. This man was. It was the, hi the highlight of. Uh, Midas is the highlight <laughs> of my life. <laughs> but I think it's. It's all going. It's all downhill from there, man. It's not even that difficult. You just have to find the right person. That's true. But there's so many opportunities. Also in in Discoveryland at the uh, the Hyperion, you could just put um, a. A world traveler at the at the in, in the queue of the of the Great Burger Restaurant. Uh, 
uh, and just Black yeah hmm. um and just let him tell about his great adventures and and how he brought back these um these uh salad and tomatoes from other parts of the world yeah, or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. and he 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 went to america and he found this great uh patties where he puts uh, meat in between and it becomes a burger and you just let him tell a, a story and just sell the burger the kids if you wa- if you walk in there and you have this great uh, adventure telling about all his travels and how he he discovered all these things for his food a kid three seconds later he's just asking his parents to go buy that burger and one yeah you sell that burger and two you make an incredible moment for a family for two families yeah. three families and for a so easy to to just infuse it yeah i think uh what you're describing is almost exactly the dude that walked around adventureland yeah and yeah in the, the, the early days in uh, in in, in uh, the the adventures club yeah who was uh looking for bugs and driving around his uh his his, 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 his bicycle uh around um yeah adventureland. we should, we should wh- why did they stop well money probably the story of Disneyland Paris <laughs> is sorry, no money. But yeah, it isn't gonna come anytime soon with uh, COVID and the world ending. <laughs> but I think if there is a moment in time that Paris has money, mm-hmm. even they could do it. <laughs> even they could do it. But even I the think people um, who designed Hyperspace Mountain could do that. <laughs> and if they couldn't, uh, hire us because obviously we've got better ideas <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds very cocky and it is very cocky but i also know it's very true well, I, i'd sue me disney <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i wanted uh, wanted to say okay you don't want to burn those bridges with disney <laughs> so maybe it's no, best i, I wanted to say, to say oh so there is a there is a very large um amount of people that go to the Disney parks to see the figures, eh? to see Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But there's also a considerably considerably amount of people that are there for the parks and don't particularly uh, enjoy going on a picture with Mickey Mouse or do they don't do it. Like we do it like fairly us. often, like once, uh, once a year or something. We go on, um, we take a picture with one of those figures. And I think... For all for this group of people, infusing those characters, you just have it. You we would yeah, go on a uh, picture with 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 uh, with the Explorer yeah. Club dude and with yeah with the yeah cowboy. exactly. I just remembered, uh, you know, before the world end, <laughs> or when the world was beginning to end, like three days before the lockdown, uh, we were supposed to go to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, week, yeah, week to before. a pass holder event. Uh huh. That was one of the premises of yeah of the event. I was really really hyped. Not being bound to that, yeah, maybe that would be that could have been the beginning. Yeah, I, I could have been the beginning. I, I had and then great the world hopes ended for, and for ruined this to, to everything. Grow to something. <laughs> yeah, I hate this disease. <laughs> what what a good way to end on! I hate yeah. this disease. I hate this disease. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think this is a good place to end. Maybe some uh, 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 recommendations of the of the week in the oh non-weekly yeah, we podcast. Some, 
we, we were going to do some recommendations. Okay. You want to recommend something? Yeah. Go ahead and recommend okay. something. My recommendation of this week is TraderBrandon.com. It's a <laughs> it's one of the um, it's an it's a former Imagineer and it's a, he works now for Universal uh, as a designer and um, during this lockdown he discovered the world of roleplay and Dungeons and Dragons. Aha! What a segue! Beautiful. And uh, on you on his site uh, he has a lot of cool stuff aside from roleplay. Tiki mugs. Uh, I bought a shrunken head from him that was made by the same people um, who made the shrunken head for uh, the, the bo uh, boat Trader Sam Sparks, where he's a designer of uh, Trader Sam bars, of course, not parks. But I would like a Trader <laughs> Trader Sam park, yeah. please. Um, and now, uh, during the lockdown, he discovered uh, the, the wonderful world of roleplay. And on his site, you can also buy uh, dice, uh, various sets of dice, very beautiful dice uh, that look yeah. handmade. Uh, very beautiful, very fairly cheap also. Not, uh, yeah, yeah, not surprisingly expensive. cheap for... So that's my plug of the week. Uh, if you don't know him already, because he's, he's, he's growing in, uh, in his fame, and rightly so, you can also follow him on Instagram, because I, he has a... Well, now it's a little bit less, um, but he has a, an uh, Instagram live uh, with different kinds of people, all very interesting illustrators, uh, movie makers. If by any chance Brandon's listening, <laughs> I have a message for you. Brandon... Uh, please write an RPG because if there's ever someone that I would want to write <laughs> an RPG, a tabletop RPG, then it is you. Get on it, man. <laughs> but uh, about recommendations, I also have a recommendation, which is also in theme. Ooh. As I said, I am absolutely obsessed with tabletop role-playing games and I would like to recommend one for you people out there because if you're listening to this, you're probably into... Um, uh, immersing yourself into another world and to call it by another world escapism, which is the perfect tool for escapism is role-playing games. And I would like to recommend the role-playing game Blades in the Dark, ah. in which you play a a gang of, of criminals doing criminal things, which we use for our before-COVID semi-regular uh, campaign called the Sequoia Gang, in which we in which, well, I am the referee, the, the game master, and in which Lars and his girlfriend and another friend of ours uh, play a gang of Wild West bandidos in, well, the Disney version of the Wild West. Yes. It's, uh, and it is a system I, I can hardly recommend to, to anyone who has never played any tabletop RPG or someone who has and has never ventured outside of D&D. It's a system I can can wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah, and and as a player, I enjoy Blades in the Darkness much more than D and D because it's more much more freedom, much more. It's very narrative. Yeah, it's made to to emulate the narrative structure of of uh, a heist movie and of of mm -hmm. criminal movies. It's it's built specifically for that purpose, and it's. Perfectly honed in for that. So, Blades in the Dark, um, Google it, you can buy it on Drive2RPG as a PDF or in most online stores as an actual physical book. All right. The two That's recommendations of the... What? Yeah. 
there's one more thing we have to discuss before we end. Okay. We promised the Frenchman a T-shirt. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Baptiste, mon ami. <laughs> so far for my French, but Lars decided to to if anybody commented on our uh, on one of our we podcast episodes, <laughs> somebody. Yeah, he said they'll he'll give them a T-shirt. And apparently, people are listening. <laughs> uh, at, at least one person. A French is guy. Yeah. Um, well, uh, two. Wait, uh, his name is. Ba- uh, can we say? No, just Baptiste. Just let's just. Yeah, Baptiste, Baptiste is. Uh, yeah. Um, but he commented on our uh, second episode um, in which we bribed people to comment something just yeah. to know if somebody was out there. Um, and he will um, receive some. Uh, propositions of t-shirts we will we will send a, a few uh, different kind of designs that we made ourselves again we yeah. are not illustrators this so uh we we n- yeah, no <laughs> no so uh um you can expect in the in the uh distant future uh a, a few propositions and then you can or choose not so distant future. not so distant future yeah or distant yeah. future probably no not Maybe. so distant future. What is time? Who knows? And then uh, you can choose and uh, you'll get that t-shirt uh, yeah. as the very first Sequoia Cost uh, fan. <laughs> F- very first fan. and only... Listener, let's say yeah, listener. listener. Listener, yeah, I'm sorry. He said it's a cool podcast, so... Aha! Other a Frenchman thinks it's cool, so... Uh, I think we've we've reached the pinnacle. If you ever have to write our own biography, a Frenchman thinks we're cool. <laughs> that's the that's the title. Cool podcast, <laughs> Baptiste. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for our third episode of the Sequoia Cast. Uh, we will be back probably on Halloween or around Halloween yeah, with, a Halloween around Halloween. Uh, with a Halloween episode. Halloween uh, episode about something Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, something Halloween. We'll see what. Maybe Tower of Terror. Maybe yeah. pumpkins. Maybe boats. Who knows? Maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that. A podcast maybe about that. We will just that. list all the Corona numbers and. Ah no, not that. <laughs> not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, <laughs> but that's that's not an option if you want to go there. If you want to go spooky. If you want to go really spooky, <laughs> the spookiness <laughs> of real life, because nothing scarier. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening. Uh, we have a Twitter uh, called Sequoia Gang. Uh, At Gang Sequoia, follow us for fun factoids and humor. Sometimes, <sighs> mainly facts. <laughs> mainly facts. We try to be. We try to be funny. We try but, to uh, be funny. Yeah but it's not easy. Mm. If you've got questions, at us, DM us, or email us at thesequoiacast at gmail.com. Even if it's not a question, even if you want just to say we're bad, <laughs> at us, at us, out us on Twitter, in the open. We, If somebody Don't wants to afraid. say we're bad, we retweet you right away. <laughs> we'll retweet you because we agree. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening and see you at Halloween. My name is Neil. My name is Lars. See you next time.